what ends up generating business is continuing to follow up with people that are interested in your services and staying in front of them. So when it is the right time, they either have recently been contacted by you or you reach out to them. Are you leveraging your personal network to grow your brand? Today's guest, Benjamin Shapiro, gives us some tips. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, helping home professionals, industry influencers, and creatives accelerate their business through an improved social media presence by translating digital influence into physical success. Whether your focus is interior design, travel and tourism, or hospitality, this is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, Darla Powell, and I am joined by the soulless ginger, the nag, Natalie Ann Graff. How the hell are you? I'm doing stellar. <laughs> You're drinking a Stella. I get it. I like those beers. I like Belgian beer. My granny's from Belgium. She has many requests. I like their waffles. Oh, their waffles. I like their chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I discovered? When you were on vacation in Wyoming doing your dude ranch with Billy Crystal and Jack Palance. Yes. That Twizzlers go surprisingly well with tequila. I thought tequila went surprisingly well with dark chocolate that according too. to your research the other day. The research five minutes ago. Oh, yes. You are <laughs> definitely into the research of all these things that go well. Abby loves pairing foods she with does. drinks. You know, well, you Our know, daughter. non-alcoholic. She's uh-huh. only 15. But I found tequila goes really well with like savory sweets. I never like to keep it a mystery, so I told her the other day, she said, here, I'll open that bottle of wine for you. I'm like, oh, good, thanks. And I said, here, would you like a taste? And she spit it out in the sink. She's like, oh, my gosh, how can you drink this stuff? It's so nasty. Do you know that's just for show, right? It made me feel better that she spit it out, but, yeah, you know, exactly. she is 15. Yeah, she is 15. Yeah, so let's hope. I don't know. You might teach her to drink tequila. She loves Twizzlers, so uh-oh. When she's 21, if she wants some tequila, I'm more than happy to hook her up with my Twizzler tequila concoction. Not a minute before that. Okay. Natalie, you know that personal networking for Wingnut Social and Darla Palantiers has been very impactful for us. I do. I do know this. At Wingnut Social, of course, we focus on social media marketing and digital marketing for SEO and blogs and everything that you could do under the sun for digital marketing for your high aesthetic brand and business. But the part of that that goes hand in hand with that is following through with the leaps and the connections that you've made into the networking. And today's guest, Benjamin Shapiro, has a formula about how to leverage your personal network to build your brand. And our producer, Karina Jones, says he's incredibly smart and we don't have to worry about a thing. He's just going to tell us what it is and we can just sit back and relax. Hey, that sounds like my kind of podcast. (laughs) It sounds like my kind of podcast, too. Let me tell you guys a little bit about today's guest. Benjamin Shapiro is a brand development and marketing strategy consulting with more than 15 years of experience. He left a successful career in business development at eBay to become an entrepreneur. Benjamin specializes in helping companies grow and scale using effective marketing strategies. He is also the producer and host of the top-rated MarTech podcast. It's M-A-R-T-E-C-H podcast. All right, so let's dig into his little networking formula and see what it's done for him and his business. We know it's been very impactful for ours. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Benjamin Shapiro to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I'm effing great. How are you? I'm effing fantastic also. Natalie, you? 
I can't complain. Why didn't you stick with the effing theme? Um, I'm Amish. <laughs> She's Amish. She literally is Amish. I swear to you. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to tell me the rules for what I can and can't say around someone who's Amish. I don't want to offend anybody's delicate ears. I'm I'm just great. Forget the effing. We have the greatest little bloopers. Like, they're cartoon noises. So whenever we cuss, you can hear, like, little air horns and stuff. So there's not. you can say no wrong. Really. You know, I'm a firefighter by day, so nothing you're going to say is really going to offend me. So. And I'm a retired cop. So, so you're good. You you're can good. only you can only imagine. We've all heard some things. I have the same name as a political podcaster. I hear all sorts of fun things on Twitter. Yeah, I was just going to say, how often do you get confused with the other guy? They generally come in bulk, and a lot of it is when he's trending on Twitter. Then I will get some tweets. I will avoid mentioning what my political preferences are, but the tweets are generally from people who are clearly on the alt-right <laughs> asking for advice from the other Ben Shapiro about how they can get to the lefties. It's pretty hysterical <laughs> stuff and sometimes very disturbing. You should give them some like erroneous advice and just kind of lead them off into the... <laughs> I generally say I'm sure everybody has different perspectives and just love each other or something super like not what they expect to hear. Like just hugs and kisses, man. And, you know, maybe they don't realize that I'm the other guy. Do you like to be called Benjamin or Ben? I generally write it Benjamin because from a marketer's perspective, the keyword Ben Shapiro has basically been spoken for. And then my brand is Ben J. Shap. So all of the public facing work that I do is under Ben J. Shap. Is that your rap name also? Ben J. Shap? I don't rap much. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, country music name? Sure. Oh, you and Natalie. Go ahead, Natalie Bond. Natalie, you want to talk country music? Uh, you know what? I do like country music. I like country music. i from Northern California, so I'm more of like a alternative rock fan than anything else. Oh, uh, there you go. Well, see, I'm Johnny Cash, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. George Jones. Merle Haggard. I like all that. Mm -hmm. I lived in Texas for a cup of coffee. And, you know, in high school, I was a big country music fan, and I was kind of an outlier from the rest of the music scene in my high school. And I like rock music, too. But then I moved to Texas, and it just felt like it was meant to be. And all of the, like... Texas country artists um, like uh, Randy Rogers and Pat Green. And there's like a, a Texas country music, which is kind of the old, like the disciples of the renegade country era. So I, I listen to a lot of that stuff too. Let's talk a little bit about how you got started in this whole marketing consulting style. And then we're going to dive into leveraging your personal network in order to build your brand. Tell us just a little bit about yourself and why you're so amazing in that area. And we'll dig in. Oh, God, amazing is a very nice way to put it. Maybe not exactly the term I would use. I've had some experience and I've learned some things along the way. You always kind of learn from your failures. And so I'll take a slant describing my experience with that lens. I was working my way through a big corporate tech job. I was at eBay here in the suburbs of San Francisco in Silicon Valley. And it was really the beginning of my tech career experience. But all of the cool kids were getting these jobs at startups. And I just was in my young 20s and I wanted to be one of the cool kids that was like building the next big thing, starting the next Facebook. And I just couldn't get one of those jobs to save my life. I didn't have the experience and maybe it wasn't a good interview. So I just said, F it. And I left eBay and I started my own startup. I couldn't get somebody else to hire me. And I just did it myself. I started a video guitar lesson website called strumschool.com. And I did that for a couple of years. And along the lines, I also met a pretty girl who was interested in getting a promotion from being girlfriend to fiance, but she said I needed a more steady paycheck. 
and I had a ring to pay for. So I went and my startup kind of failed. Aww. I ran the marketing departments for a couple early stage startup. I finally got my cool startup job. And after about five years of doing that, I kind of flamed out and said, the work-life balance isn't right for me now that I'm in my 30s. And I just kind of took a break and said, I'm going to go take on short-term projects until I figure out what my next job is. And one short-term project turned into another one, turned into another one. And all of a sudden, I had a roster of marketing clients where I was helping them with the big fun foundational marketing things as opposed to just operating their Facebook ads and doing the campaign management. The big picture stuff. Yeah. And I ended up doing brand and development and marketing strategy work for about three years. And I loved it. Felt like I had more authority and autonomy and respect. And I got to work with some really cool people and see some different things. And that next job, I just never really started the job search. And the consulting business was going well enough that I wanted to expand. And I started a podcast thinking that it would help me get my name out there a little bit more. It's the MarTech podcast. Right. And the, the experiment went totally wrong. The MarTech podcast grew way faster than I ever expected. And so what ended up happening over the next two years was it became more valuable asset to me than the consulting business. And now I'm basically just a podcaster. So Benjamin, digital marketing, our area, you know, Wingnut Social, we're a marketing agency. We do social media first is everything's digital, digital, digital. But our personal experience also has been that the personal networking that we do, even when we go to live events, when that resumes, or just the connections that we've made via the digital marketing and leveraging that, using those relationships. And I'm not saying using them in a way that we're just using you to elevate ourselves, but creating those connections and those relationships have been invaluable for helping to grow our brand. So tell us a little bit about how you got started into that niche and the importance of that. Yeah. You know, it is more than just how I started my consulting practice, which was, you know, personal network based. It's also a lot of what I advise B2B clients is that you very much need to be relationship focused and start with the people you know. A lot of time when people are starting to market a new product or service, they think about, well, I need to go find a bunch of people I don't know to get to my website to then buy a product and then become repeat customers. And you can skip a couple steps by working with the people that you already have trust and credibility with. So for example, when I started my consulting practice and the reason why I went from, oh, I'm just going to take on a short-term project here or there to, okay, this is actually a sustainable model was I focused on the people that I already knew. I launched a website and I started an email campaign where I looked at my network and broke it into three segments. The people that I knew that were ahead of me in my career that were marketers, the people that I considered my peers, that I had already worked with, and then the people that I knew that were already consulting and doing the same thing that I was going to do. And so by going through my network and starting to categorize the people that were there, at the time I had like 1,500 LinkedIn followers. I downloaded them and just started creating lists. And I had like 200 people that I thought were influencers and like 1,000 people that I had worked with and a couple hundred people that were consultants. And then like, you know, my mom was on the list and all this other stuff. The The way that you reach out to those groups of people is going to be different. And so I started coming up with a process to have a personalized email, but that was kind of formulaic that I could send to all of the people who were influencers to just try to start a conversation about what I was working on and how we might be able to work together. 
And then, you know, I created a different campaign for the people that I had worked with and another campaign for the people that were already consultants. But the moral of the story here is the same way you think about targeting your prospective customers, you need to start thinking about targeting the people within your network as well and start taking the credibility that you already have developed throughout your career and leveraging that to cut the line, right? I I don't have to build credibility with somebody I've worked with for 10 years. They already know me. I have to update them on what I'm doing and have a conversation with them about how we can work together. But they already know that I'm at least a credible marketer, or hopefully a credible marketer. So, you know, that's a big sort of first milestone when you're thinking about launching a new brand or new product or just trying something new. Start with the people you already have relationships with. That way you don't have to sell as much of you, you're more selling products and services. And how in-depth are those relationships? Are you just talking with social media contacts on your Instagram? Are you talking your LinkedIn business contacts or people that you've actually exchanged emails with or had a conversation with before? You're networking with the people you know. Can you define that exactly? Yeah. So when I was launching my consulting practice, right, I burned out from my last startup job and was like, I need to find work. You know, they were professional acquaintances, people that knew who I was and that, you know, when I was sending an email with a career update, it wouldn't have seemed artificial or random. People that I actually knew. Now, it doesn't mean I had a super deep relationship with them. One of them was the SVP at eBay who managed my team. And so he indirectly knew me. We were LinkedIn contacts, but indirectly had managed me at some point. And so the email was something to the extent of, It's been a really long time. I always looked up to you as a manager and value your perspective and opinion. I'd like to use you as a sounding board. Here's where I am in my career. I'm starting to look for short-term projects to bridge the gap between what I should do next. Would you mind connecting to give me your advice and perspective on where I stand in my career and how I should handle this inflection point? Now, this isn't somebody that I had beers with on a regular basis. This is my boss's boss's boss. He knew of you. So it wasn't like, oh, who's this strange guy who I've never heard of before sending me this email? So it's a little bit of a warm connection. That's brilliant. And what type of ROI have you had personally experienced from reaching out within that network of people that you did know or were acquainted with? Yeah, ROI is a little hard to figure out when you're emailing because there's no real expense. It's infinite return whenever you make a dollar. That's just more of a math problem. I think that the conversion rate is what I think about, where if I put 1,500 people into a social media campaign, even if they were my closest friends, great, I'm getting a 3% click-through rate and 10% form fill. So now you're looking at a third of a percent, something like that, if I'm doing the math right, to actually fill out a form and have a conversation as opposed to when I directly emailed somebody, it was like an 85% open rate and a 25% meeting scheduled rate. So the conversion rates for having email conversations with people you already know is astronomically higher than marketing to them. You can just reach out to them, just pick up the phone and call them and they'll answer as opposed to putting them into a marketing campaign. So I think that's the first thing that from a marketing perspective, I think about is who are the people that you already have credibility with? What's the lowest friction way for you to get in front of them and start building some influence and reputation and getting some customers and getting advice, whatever you're trying to do from a business perspective, go to the people you already know. I'm launching a new product. Go to your best customers. You just threw out the number 1500, but is there a magic number of how many people you should actually try to reach out to? 
It depends what type of business you're running. There are enterprise B2B sales businesses that have a $10 million quota. They need to email millions of people or reach millions of people. For me, I was trying to make $100,000 from a consulting practice and I was selling $25,000 packages. I needed four conversions. I needed to email 100 people. It depends what you're relationships are like, what your products are, what your price point is to sort of figure out how do you meet your goals. But the back of the envelope math for me was, if anybody's interested in running a consulting practice, the advice I got was you need to email 10 to 20 net new contacts per week. And when you're doing that, you're constantly keeping your business development pipeline going. So you're talking about emailing 40 people a week. And I'm just taking 10 people per week off my list of 1,500, and that took me years to get through. So for B2B, it's a no-brainer, right? This makes a ton of sense. A lot of our listeners are consultants, coaches, business coaches, but a lot of them are also designers. They're in the creative space, and their end game is to have a client give them a call and to remodel their kitchen or to design their space. How do you think that approach would differ as far as the warm emails for them? What kind of approach should they have to get that end result? Yeah, I think that there's a couple different stages. I do think that the process is the same. If I am starting a new design business, then I am emailing people and reaching out saying, hey, here's my launch announcement. I'm starting this new thing. I would love to talk to you about your kitchen. If you have any things that you're interested in, or maybe show you some of the designs. Either way, let's reconnect. It'd be great to chat. And you're just putting in the time and developing the relationships and just trying to get in front of people in the environment you want to work in. And if you are launching something new, or you're not, hey, I'm just introducing myself, then a lot of the times you're using what's called a CRM, Customer Relationship Management Tool, where you're reminding yourself to check in with people that are not no's, but not now's. And so you need to keep a record of the people that you've had relationships with and just check in on the timing. Hey, it's been six months since we last chatted. You mentioned you were thinking about doing your backsplash, but now wasn't the right time. I just did this great backsplash. Look at this. I think it might look great for your house. Just wanted to share it with you. If now's a good time to reconnect, let's have the conversation. And if not, don't worry about it. I'll check in down the road. Those are warm relationships. And it's about right person, right place, right time, and almost everything in life. How important do you think LinkedIn and those connections on LinkedIn play into this? I know a lot of companies that do lead generation from LinkedIn on warm leads through our personal accounts, et cetera. From that relationship, or is that overblown? I don't think the channel necessarily matters, like whether you're sending an email or a LinkedIn direct message. When you're directly reaching out to someone, I think email feels a little bit more personal than a LinkedIn message. What I do think matters is if you are creating a post or a direct message. Direct message being email, SMS, phone call, the things where you're reaching out basically on a personalized level one-to-one as opposed to, I have a LinkedIn post and I'm going to share content that might be relevant to this person, but I hope that LinkedIn shares it with them. Any direct outreach, I am a big fan of email because I think it's the most personal and it's the one that has the highest conversion rates. But however you're going to check in, what matters is you keep the relationships active and warm. Do you use any type of software like Constant Contact or MailChimp or anything out? Yes and no. Yes, I use some software. Yes, I use a CRM. No, I do not use my CRM to do the email. There is another tool. Constant Contact and MailChimp, I look at as tools to send bulk emails. That is a newsletter tool. What I'm using to send personal emails, 
but in bulk, which I know that sounds a little nuanced, is a tool called Mixmax, M-I-X-M-A-X. And so what Mixmax does, and there are other plugins for Gmail or whatever email service you're using, it allows me to create an email template. So basically, I can type in the person's email address in Gmail, go to Mixmax, plug in the template, and it fills out this whole email that I've pre-written, but it has the parts where I want to put in a variable. Hey, person's first name being a variable. It's been time period, six months since we last chatted. I wanted to check to see how you're feeling about entering project that we discussed, your kitchen backsplash. So instead of writing this whole email, what I'm doing is writing Darla, six months, kitchen backsplash, let's meet next Tuesday. And I can send the email without having to rewrite the thing. You can also upload a spreadsheet with all of the people you want to reach and Mixmax will send out what's called a mail merge and email everyone with their variables in this template. So I'll get the one email to Darla, and then I'll get a different email to Bob and a separate email to Mike, but it's sending one email to each person. So it's not like a newsletter where everybody gets the same thing. It's a personalized email. So there are specific email tools that allow you to send very custom personalized emails, but in bulk. You know what I'm doing right after this interview, Natalie? Yeah, I'm aware. I'm going to go get the Mixmax thing. I, I have know. so many clients and so many connections that we've done in the past that I need to check in with. This is brilliant. What a takeaway from that. The best thing about Mixmax, it's got all sorts of other fun widgets. Like it's got the one link to schedule your calendar and you can include gifts. There's like quick keystrokes to be like, fill out this form with what times you're free and I'll schedule the meeting or hey, here's a fun cat video. There's all sorts of fun stuff you could do with Mixmax. It's really a fun and be useful for your business. So with this strategy and everything that you've got going on for the personal networking and what you believe in, is there any stage of the process your company's been in business for a few years? Can you go ahead and just adopt everything that we've just been talking about and start with the personal emails and start with the personal networking now, even though you've been in business for a few years? Yeah, that's a really good question. It goes back to the idea where I said, hey, if you're launching a new business, send the launch email. You can constantly be launching things. Launch is not a one-time thing. It's a good excuse to reach out to people, right? And a lot of what you're doing when you're trying to keep relationships warm is you're finding reasons to touch base with people. And so it's not, hey, I just launched my business. Here's what I'm doing. Can we talk? It might be, we've hit our fifth year of business. And to celebrate hitting that milestone, we're putting together a new program where we'll do the kitchen backsplash for free for anybody who gets their counters done. Or we're doing a one-size-fits-all kitchen, whatever the thing is going to be. I'm trying to speak kitchen designers. because <laughs> It's okay. We get it. <laughs> You get the idea that you can be launching a new program or we're expanding our business or I want to introduce you to someone. There's other reasons to reach out that don't just have to be, I'm new here, please help me. Let's talk a little bit about the GDPR implications here. These are all one-offs, right? This is not like you're, they're on a list or anything like that. So that's not a worry at all, right? Well, first off, GDPR covers Europe. Yeah, so I'm just, just to, you know, people are still like very careful about that. Yeah. You're asking about privacy in, yes, in general. Yes, yes. A couple things to think about. There's CCPA, which is the California protection. There's the can spam rules, GDPR in Europe. It's still a little bit of the wild, wild west in terms of what all of those things mean. From a corporate perspective in Europe, GDPR has defined things a little bit better. It is perfectly acceptable and legal to email one person at a time to ask them to buy something from you. 
If it is salesy, it is not spam. If you are taking the same email, you're uploading a list to a large group of people and you're sending it and it is not personalized, you can get in trouble. But you can reach out. There's some shades of gray here with tools like Mixmax where I can upload a list, let's 200, 2000, 2 million, however big the list is into a tool called Mixmax, put in different variables and send a different email to each person. But it's kind of the same template. Now, look, there are enterprise companies, sales forces of the world, and I don't mean to specifically call out Salesforce, but big companies have large sales teams that are sending out thousands of emails per day. And that's legal. You can contact people to ask for business. What you can't do is subscribe someone to a newsletter and send a bulk email to them. That's really where you get into trouble. But if you already have a relationship with somebody, just in the same way that like if you emailed me to be on the podcast, mm-hmm. that's not breaking the law. And if you email 10 people to with the same template to ask them to be on your podcast, it's not breaking the law. If you're going to email a million people, you're probably going to get in some trouble. I was just curious for the security issue and the privacy. And I know that that's something that ever since GDPR kicked in, we've been like, okay, when is it going to hit here? When is it going to hit a hearing? And Google has adopted some of those privacy policies, although I'm not an email expert. I, I couldn't tell you what they are. But I know that sometimes you get flagged for spam if someone says, oh, I didn't sign up to get this email. So I was just curious to say if you'd had any issues with that or anything. A couple different things you could do. First off, you can always put an unsubscribe link in a personal email through a tool like Mixmax. So if I'm going to send somebody an email, even if they're not on a list, they can click a, hey, I'd prefer that you don't contact me anymore link. And if they click that, then it puts them in your blacklist and you just know not to email them anymore. You don't have to email everybody the same thing. You can send a personal email, and I feel like I've already sort of said this, but as long as you're doing the direct outreach yourself, and mostly for networking, relationship-driven businesses, you're not trying to get a 1,000 clients. You're trying to get five that are going to pay you a lot of money per relationship. You're talking about emailing 100 people. If somebody says, hey, I didn't ask to be emailed or unsubscribed, two ways to handle it. One, I'm sorry, I you know just thought that you might be interested in services. I won't contact you anymore. Or you just obey their wishes and don't contact them anymore. <laughs> I like that. I think I would just obey the wishes and don't contact them. I do get a little irritated when I'm like, please unsubscribe me from this list when it's actually a newsletter. And then they write back and say, you've been unsubscribed. And it's like, no, I didn't <laughs> want more email, but you know, I understand the confirmation. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. I just kind of wanted to wrap my head around that a little bit to see, because I know that even on LinkedIn, when I get the, all the DMs or if I do get emails from them, I do get a little irritated. But it is, to your point, from people I have no relationship with at all. That's the thing. And that's the difference. That's the magic bullet. With a newsletter, when you send out a message from your company, Ben J. Shap LLC wants to inform you of the podcast that they have published this month, you're going to get like a 30% open rate. When Benjamin Shapiro reaches us out on a one-to-one basis to someone he already knows, it's like a 60 to 80% open rate. I, I totally get that. Totally understand it. The idea is if you're sending a personal email, meaning from a person to someone that you have an existing relationship, no one's going to unsubscribe from that. They might ignore you but they're just going to leave it alone. Your newsletter is a different story. Benjamin, is there is there anything that I left out or anything I didn't ask you that you think would be beneficial for the listeners with regards to this topic before we get into the What Up Wingnut round? Yeah, you know, I'll go back to the general thesis and, and what I think led me to being successful starting my consulting business, which is a network-driven business. It's a relationship-driven business. Reach out to the people you already know, step one. 
keep records of those conversations in a tool like a CRM and make notes of when you should follow up with them. So when you get to work, instead of thinking, oh, I got to go bang the drum and figure out who to reach, you already have a record of it's been three months, I need to reach out to person A, and it's been six months, I need to reach out to person B. What ends up generating business is continuing to follow up with people that are interested in your services and staying in front of them. So when it is the right time, they either have recently been contacted by you or you reach out to them. So stay in contact with the people that are in market, but it's the wrong time using emails and your CRM. And that'll help you just continually beating the drum. Spend 25% of your time in good days doing business development. And when you're trying to grow the business, spend up to 50% of your time reaching out, having conversations, doing your pitches, and you'll see business growth. Excellent. I love it. This has been very, very insightful and very helpful. And you have my wheels turning because I'll be honest with you, there's some clients on both sides, on my interior design firm side and on the wingnut side that I am probably have let slip through the cracks and I have not stayed in front of in contact with emails. So guess what? Not only going to get Mixmax, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> Benjamin Shapiro, now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I, I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. Benjamin Shapiro, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be a Pyrus Kawakami, a non-fruiting, white-flowering pear tree. That is definitely a first. That's a very nice choice. Yeah, I love we it. We just built a house and that's the tree that we planted in our front yard. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? I think my real answer is I don't want a hashtag on my tombstone, <laughs> um, but hashtag I'm down here. if you could have only one superpower what would it be and why to make the world a happier place oh that's so wishy-washy i don't know let's do x-ray vision that seems like fun last but not least please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you either personally or professionally I loved the book Born to Run, which is about an Indian tribe in Mexico who are the best long distance runners in the world. And it talked about sort of the evolution of humans and how we were actually born to run because that's how we hunted big game initially. So on a personal level, I thought that was fascinating and and got me real motivated to go out and exercise. And there's a great business book called Built to Sell, which is about productizing and standardizing your business. So you're not just a company that's a service business doing anything for money, but you actually have processes that you can follow that you can scale. So Built to Sell, I think it's by John Warlow and Born to Run. I'm not sure who it's by. We'll have it in the show notes. We'll figure that out. Are you a runner then? Do you like to run now? I'm like the world's heaviest half marathon runner. Benjamin, thank you so much for joining us today. Please tell the wingnuts where they can go to find out more about your MarTech podcast and your consulting. Yeah, it's been a blast. MartechPod.com is the Martech podcast website. It's a daily show about marketing through technology. And it's not just a super geeky thing. It's really, you know, every type of marketing channel that you could think of to try to grow your business. And my consulting site is BenJShap.com. It's also kind of my personal website. So if you're interested, all my social stuff is BenJShap and MartechPod. Uh, or you just type in MarTech and into the app stores and our podcast should show up first, hopefully. Awesome. Benjamin, thank you so much for joining us and uh, not being the other Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep it up. I'll do my best. <laughs> thank you. You have an amazing day. Thanks. Bye-bye. 
Natalie. I don't even want to know. I have so much to do. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. You have two new books to download on Audible. You have another software to go get, Mixmax. Mixmax. Uh-huh. I have um, so many emails to send. You do? I just haven't had the time. Well, maybe I got a good idea. Why don't mm-hmm. you schedule yourself for some time off and do those? Is that time off? That's not time off. At least block your day. Maybe you should, what do they call that, time blocking? We've been doing a lot of inbound marketing at Wingnut because we do get a lot of inbound inquiries through the podcast. We get a lot of inbound inquiries through the website and through the networking and referrals and such, but we haven't done much outbound marketing. Better get on that. I think that that's our next step. I think we have the infrastructure in place to handle the influx of a successful outbound marketing campaign. Absolutely. And with a warm lead on both sides. I really like the idea of that whole whole personal networking. I mean, you have. Mm, I know. Okay. I'm not even, you know what? I'm just going to say you have the connection with, I don't even want to go how many people, but. One zillion. Okay. I'm just saying you have a lot of work to do. I do have a lot of work to do. And I like the idea that it can be streamlined through the app that he recommended, Mixmatch. And we do have CRM. We use Active Campaign, thanks to the uh, suggestion of the lovely and super talented Nicole Heimer of Curio Electro. Oh my gosh. You know, by the time this comes out, our new website may have launched. When we have our meetings on Fridays now, because it's so close to launch, as we record this, that is, I tell her it's like Christmas. I am such a geek. I get so geeked out by this stuff. You know how you get geeked out to go on the boat and go fishing? Right. I get geeked out to have a meeting with Nicole Heimer to discuss our website and to see it. I've been in on those meetings, and the first five minutes is just pure hilarity. Because we're of funny. You guys are we're being friends. nerds and being friends. And then <laughs> the last of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, holy But cow. how amazing does it look? It looks like we know what we're doing. It almost does, right? Anyway, they do set up some of our uh, email marketing campaign through the CRM, like for the newsletters and such, which Benjamin was very clear is different than what we're talking about here. It's more personalized, right. individualized. So I tell you what, let's do this. I have a really great idea. Oh, boy. Why don't you go get this new Mixed Mac? And then why don't we have a little mini soda on it and tell our listeners all about it? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Although this, we just kind of did a whole episode on it. I know, but we could dive in a little deeper, possibly. We could do a deeper dive. Let me, yeah, let me put that yeah, in my back burner. Just put that in your burner. Let me put that in my in my rump roast. There, that's what's hey, for dinner, right? I just turned the oven up so I could sear it. Awesome. Are we going in the pool now? Yes, it's time. Let's do it. All right, cool. Well, I think that's it today, Natalie. Got any- oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, we got Yeah. Do I have anything else? Darla, are you already in the pool? I think you're underwater. <sighs> I kind of am. Okay. So if you guys like what you hear, leave us a review on anything that you're listening to this on, because, you know, we're everywhere, according to what Darla says. We're everywhere. We're that's ubiquitous. If you have any questions or need anything, give us an email, info at wingnutsocial.com. You can follow us on all social media channels at wingnutsocial. And we're here. Darla, do you have anything else? Yeah. Give us a call. one eight seven seven wingnut If you need help with social media marketing for your interior design firm or any high aesthetic brand. And that's it for today, Nat. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 1-877-WINGNUT to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Are you farting (laughs) excessively? Well, let me introduce to you GasX. I'm going to leave the ED joke out of this, but... Oh. (laughs) um, (laughs) There we go. Bleep. I see. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Let's hear your sweet little ginger dulcet tones.
Good boy, Mango.